Welcome to the Shred with Science podcast with your host, Dr. Chris Spearman, one of the world's leading online fitness coaches, an expert in metabolic correction and a global cover model. Chris delves deep into the most up-to-date scientific literature to provide you with the tools you need to live a healthy, enjoyable, and educated lifestyle. Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Shred with Science podcast. Today it is Deep Dive episode 10 and we are talking about refeeds and diet breaks. This is probably one that's most applicable to us right now because there's a number of clients going through photo shoots. Those of you who are watching my stories or the content that we're putting out, there are three clients this weekend competing in Dublin in Pure Elite. And there have been, I think, five or six clients over the last two, three weeks who have done their shoots with Max and have got in cover model shape with possibly another two or three to go over the next few weeks. So refeeding, diet breaks, reverse dieting is something that's a massive topic at the minute. And it's something that is really, really important to consider, especially when we're looking at a deep dive and going into maybe the the molecular level or or the biochemistry behind what actually happens now firstly i want to say a massive thank you as always to anyone who's left a review this is probably the shortest review that has ever been left in a podcast and it is by danny cooley who has left a five-star rating and says unbelievable podcast informative easy to understand and enjoyable to listen to cheers chris so dude thank you so much for your review as always these make a massive difference to the growth of the channel so for anyone who has thank you so much danny reach out drop me a dm drop me an email we will get a free call a free coaching call in on anything you like um so straight into the episode refeeding and diet breaks now this is i really want to address a few things and some of the literature that suggests wide specific aspects of refeeding and dieting and cutting and um different you know metabolic manipulation can have a positive but also a negative effect on what you're doing so what is metabolism firstly you know because that's effect effectively that that's what's being damaged or that's what we're trying to optimize in a refeed a diet break or when you go through a cutting period so by definition metabolism essentially is the chemical changes in a living cell um you know by which the energy uh, is provided for some of the vital processes and activities and say new materials is assimilated Uh, so basically on a basic level it's the process of extracting energy from food um, obviously foods that you're eating um, and producing energy to power the cells or any of the biological processes you know around the body so obviously that can be from protein carbohydrates and fats depending on whether you're using the glucagon pathway primarily as a fuel source or the insulin pathway as a fuel source now in terms of energy um, we've gone into detail on other podcasts about atp and what actually happens but Essentially, ATP is the energy currency um, and the process by which ATP is hydrolyzed um, is used to drive the energy that really has an effect on cellular reactions. So um, when it gets hydrolyzed, of course, ATP gets broken down and phosphorylated um, into adenosine triphosphate, then goes down to adenosine diphosphate and another phosphate group. Um, And obviously, 
if we eat an excess of energy compared to the amount of ATP that's being burned, um, obviously any of this energy can be stored as adipose tissue or, or fat essentially. Um, now, of course, the whole you know calories in versus calories out is is essentially thermodynamics and shows that you know energy as we know cannot be created or destroyed but move from one place to another and therefore if you are in a deficit of energy or a deficit of calories you will lose weight and if you're in a surplus of course you will gain weight now whether it's good weight or bad weight is you know it's something a little bit more complex the one thing that people just cannot grasp it seems is that hormones do not drive weight loss they can affect cellular processes and the efficiency of what happens within the cell and optimize or have a negative effect on some of the processes. However, the most fundamental thing is whether you're in a surplus or a deficit. Um, and the facts are simple. You know, if you're if you're not losing weight, you're not in a calorie deficit. And I'm going to talk about why that might be the case. And some people might say, oh, but I'm eating like 800 calories and I'm not losing weight. Surely I'm in a deficit. I'm going to talk about some of the reasons why that's probably not the case. Um, and you may still not be in a deficit on, on very little food. So some of the metabolic consequences of, of a prep or a cut or getting ready, you know, for a photo shoot prep is, you know, most people don't truly appreciate the effect um, that dieting with very low body fat percentage has on, on, on a body's metabolic rate. So there's no easy way to, to address it, but essentially it, it just tanks the body uh, for most people. And, and in fact, it drops metabolic rates significantly um, and far greater than you would predict, you know, based on a person's lean body mass and, and activity levels, regardless of how much muscle they're carrying and regardless of, um, you know, how much energy they're expending. So obviously the decrease, the decrease in the metabolic rate is largely accomplished by uh, essentially making energy production more efficient and less wasteful. Um, but typically in this situation, there are loads of different forms of energy or methods by which energy is generally used by the body. Um, we're going to touch on a lot of those. But in essence, it's essentially in the same way that we want, you know, the inefficiency of a car that burns through fuel quite quickly um, rather than one that is maybe a little bit more efficient. And your body is quite a complex machine. And we're going to go through and talk about things like basal metabolic rate, the thermic effect of food, neat energy expenditure and you know obviously other metabolic adaptions and hormonal adaptions and things but a great example um and one that i always kind of come back to is uh yeah, a russo study um and it was basically about natural bodybuilding in in, in this case where some subjects bmr plummeted from about 2400 calories per day to 1200 calories over a specific period of time so their basal me metabolic rate dropped by a thousand calories now you have to bear in mind that this subject was not a 50 kilo bikini competitor this was a hundred kilo male bodybuilder um and of course let's say you know 85 percent or, or 85 kilos of that was lean body mass so it absolutely plummeted and you know if you look at the difference in terms of metabolic rate, it's actually BMR, um, you know, by the end of the contest prep and photo shoot prep, 
um, is what's uh, you know the the biggest driver for let's say a decrease in efficiency where you know maybe 700 calories is the difference or a decrease in 700 calories which could be let's say a 35 percent uh drop in in what you would expect uh, based on what you could have been eating going into that diet uh or, or that prep or that cut so it, essentially with you know based on metabolic rate of course this is it's just an average um you know that some people will drop more and some people drop less obviously the number is based on the amount of people dieting and and, and loads of other things but as we saw in the russo study you know a 35 percent reduction in in bmr is massive it's huge um you know and, and and of course that's down to a number of factors but bearing in mind your energy requirements will drop and drop and drop and drop so therefore you need to drop food or continue to increase calories as the cut progresses rather than just have a set amount of food a set amount of cardio and hope for the best neat now neat is probably the component of of your total daily expenditure that has the biggest relative adaption during a calorie restriction so some of the research has shown that neat can actually be you know reduced by 400 calories per day in people that lose let's say only 10 percent of their body weight which is huge this that's massive you know seriously significant um you know and that's uh that was a 2018 study in terms of um you know long-term persistence of uh adaptive thermogenesis in you know specific subjects so in neat for those of you who aren't aware is non-exercise activity thermogenesis and essentially the calories that you burn living so like hoovering walking uh snorkeling swimming whatever it is that you're doing it w- would be deemed as uh, non-exercise activity um, and obviously thermogenesis being the uh the the ability to burn body fat so we then have the thermic effect of food so the thermic effect of food seems to be largely the most unaffected but of course if you're dieting and you're eating less um then obviously your thermic effect of food decreases um although it's 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 not massive in comparison generally it is just purely that the food is is being decreased and therefore your thermic effect of food drops but it's not relative um, that's one that stays primarily unaffected um, or unaffected and obviously the Exercise activity um, is obviously something that, you know, as as time progresses, generally your exercise activity will probably or should increase, although your ability to perform in the gym probably decreases as you diet. Um, So that's something that you need to be very aware of. Now, other metabolic adaptations or, or when we're talking about like, you know, diet breaks and things like that is, you know, while some of these adaptions to, to weight loss and say low calorie dieting um, happen on a grand scale, there's also a lot of things that happen on a cellular level, like let's say the cells that contain mitochondria, which essentially are the powerhouses of the cell. Um, this is essentially like the, the organelle or, or, or the uh, the powerhouse um, that produces the ATP that we spoke about before. But during a low calorie dieting and weight loss phase, obviously the body adapts um, by increasing mitochondrial efficiency. So like we we're saying before, this efficiency is the bane of fat loss because your cells mitochondria are able to then pump out more atp um, as uh, as you're in a deficit uh, you know a part of this is probably explained by the reduction in what we call the uncoupling of protein from from weight loss um you know and this you know this un- uncoupling of protein is is, is very thermogenic 
um, and therefore will have an effect on the body's ability to burn body fat or, or, or burn fuel anyway. Hormonal adaptions. So, you know, as we spoke about in a number of other episode, um, episodes of the podcast, the endocrine system is, is a, also a target for metabolic adaptations. So, you know, your hormones will decrease or upregulate or deregulate depending on what they are. Um, most scientists do agree, obviously, that fat loss does not occur through a reduction in fat cell number, but actually in fat cell size. Um, and this is something that is become has become very apparent over the last, um, especially five or six years in the literature, that fat cells actually shrink. Um, and that's generally what happens. Um, so let's just say as they reduce, we spoke about this before, um, you know, then there is less leptin, you know, being produced. And obviously leptin, leptin is a, a major hormone or a control hormone for hunger, uh, metabolic rate and many other metabolic outcomes. But it's often viewed as a central control hormone for fat loss and weight gain. So when you reduce your calories, you drop your body fat levels and they shrink and then a reduction in leptin occurs. So it's a snowball effect. However, um, over the last number of years, of course, we've had several studies demonstrate that leptin levels are reduced to a greater extent than generally would be predicted in, in say, fat loss um, after the weight stabilizes. So what this means, this means that obviously low calorie dieting may actually suppress your metabolic rate to a greater proportion um, by the amount of body fat that is lost. And obviously not only that, but if you can then continue to eat in the deficit, you lose more fat. Um, that lowers the output of like thyroid hormones like T3, which also contribute to a low metabolic rate. Um, of course, you've got energy restrictions or, you know, energy restricted weight loss is also accompanied by some, you know, the sympathetic nervous system and tone. Um, you know, so th these are all things in terms of the intricacies of, of hormonal changes that need to be be addressed. These aren't the only hormonal changes that happen. Of course, you know, a lot of the sex hormones start to decrease, you know, testosterone, estrogen, progesterone and, and, and you know, amongst others, cortisol, for example. But I suppose coming back to the adipose tissue adaptations, you know, when I was talking about cell size rather than actual cell number, this is the most interesting notion. And it comes down to like massive refeeding in a post-diet period may actually cause havoc. Because as you become more insulin sensitive, you know, in a deficit and you're losing weight, you know, fat cells also become more insulin sensitive. And obviously this may promote nutrient storage in, in certain adipose tissues. So you'll have fat cells in pre-diet phase and they go to say post-diet phase and you potentially will have early relapse and then, you know, a relapse to pre-diet weight and then it surpassed the pre-diet weight. Um, obviously, this body fat adaptations is due to the fact that your body identifies that it may be starving um, and it tries to overcompensate once your body gets that influx of calories and those, you know, influx of, of nutrients. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Supplement Needs. Supplement Needs are one of the UK's fastest growing online health and supplement stores. They have completely exploded over the last year and have been giving out not only some incredible products, but also some incredible information. For me, over the last number of years, I feel like the health aspect of the health and fitness industry has been completely left out and companies like Supplement Needs are bringing your health as a priority to the forefront. For me, 
maybe it's because I'm a little bit older, maybe it's because I'm a little bit wiser, but I'm focusing so much more now on health, knowing that I can never fully perform without being as optimal as I possibly can in terms of my health. A lot of the supplements that I take from supplement needs and have been taking are health related. For example, zinc, magnesium, P5P, L-theanine, 5-HTP, vitamin B5, ashwagandha, methyl B12, vitamin D3, curcumin, and tudka. Now, for me to bring a sponsor onto the podcast, it is imperative for me, firstly, that I believe in the brand, their ethos, their message, but also their supplements. Now, knowing that Dr. Dean St. Mart heads their intelligence and their formulation is incredible just to have someone like that to give that level of detail for those of you guys who don't know dr dean is a great friend of mine and he has a phd in organic chemistry his sole goal is to help supplement needs create the best possible formulations possible Uh, so over the last number of months he has created four stacks there's a kidney and blood pressure stack a liver stack, a sleep stack, and a heart stack. Now for me to have a relationship with a company that gives that level of detail and puts that much uh, emphasis on making other people's health a priority, especially when it comes to science, it was an absolute no-brainer for me. You can also find a lot of other supplements on their, uh, both in their in-house store in New Milton, but also online on their website, Redcon One, Granite Supplements, Anabolic Design, Adapt, SciTech, and more recently, the Train by JP Nutrition Supplements. Some amazing products, uh, just an amazing brand, and really excited to be working with them. If you haven't, please check them out at supplementneeds.co.uk. You can also find them on Instagram. And if you want to save some money off, use the code SPEARMAN on your order to save yourself some money. So I suppose some things to be very aware of, like, so how do you deal with this? And, you know, is therefore dieting hopeless? You know, what should we do in these in these situations? And I suppose that I'm going to give you three tips um, when you're in this situation. And the most obvious one is to not crash diet. So the slower you lose the weight, obviously, the more, you know, lean body mass you'll retain, which, of course, is important for baseline metabolic rate. Um, but maximizing your retention of lean body mass will help, um, you know, attenuate the slowing of other metabolic rates or other metabolic rate processes and um, that may be, say, more metabolically active in, in specific tissues. Uh, number two. So attempting to diet on as many calories as you can is really important because obviously the more calories that you consume and still lose weight, the more calories that your body will burn. You know, if you say, I want to lose on 8,000 calories a day and you can do it, well, that's impossible for the vast majority of people. But obviously, the essentially, and I say this to all my clients, you want to be, you know, cutting on the most amount of food and the least amount of cardio possible um you know which is really really important so number three keep training hard obviously we'll discuss this 
um, you know, in, in other podcasts in terms of, you know, intricacies of, of, of weight loss. But, um, you know, there's a lot going on here. Um, and obviously, the, the harder that you train when programmed correctly, the more muscle you're likely to maintain. And obviously, this is going to ensure that your basal metabolic, metabolic rate is going to be higher. Um, and then obviously, you can incorporate a lot more refeeds and diet breaks and things like that. So, now I suppose the nitty gritty and the refeeds, the diet breaks and the cheat meals and how they how they come into play. Now I'm not gonna go into these in a massive detail, um, but it is important to touch on is that, let's say a refeed, and the concept of a refeed obviously is that you engage a controlled overfeed, you know, and this is an attempt essentially to increase or raise leptin and, and the metabolic rate of, of other hormones that obviously it's, it's almost like a slingshot analogy that has an effect on your, your metabolism and your metabolic adaptations to dieting. So while refeeds have been shown to, say, increase metabolic rate in the short term, there's actually no data to show or, 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 or um, to depict, um, you know, that it improves fat loss during a diet phase. You know, this has been seen in you know, 2018 study, um, you know, in three different studies in, in this year, um, you know, the intermittent versus daily calorie restriction, um, you know, which dieting regime is more effective for weight loss, right? So it's important to, to, to bear this in mind. And obviously, there's a very big difference between a refeed and, and a cheat meal and psychologically there is as well. But what would I say if you're going to structure a refeed? Okay, so my brief guide would be, so reduce your protein, somewhat right um you know so that you can intake you know that it offsets the carbohydrates a little fats usually reduced a little bit also maybe 10 20 percent and then it's generally carbohydrates that get increased so you know typically calories are raised to a maintenance maybe slightly more but generally maintenance and it, it's generally an increase in carbohydrates that that take up this space um, and then obviously have your have your refeed on, on your hardest training days where you may actually need extra calories. Um, you know, so they're kind of pretty important things in terms of, you know, being aware of, of where you should be putting your calories, etc. Now, diet breaks, this is something a little bit different. OK, so the research on diet breaks is relatively new. But the idea of diet breaks has been around for a long time. Um, you know, and uh, Dr. Eric Helm, um, I think it's Lee Peel and several others have written about it over the last number of years um, in, in Australia or the University of uh, Tasmania. And there's a few things in terms of setting up a diet break that, that I would advise with some of my clients who go through uh, this choice of dieting or this choice of a refeed slash break slash cheat meal. So you need to determine your weekly calorie intake, first of all, um, and then choose the number of high calorie days that you require choose how high calories are going to go okay so typically this number is generally around maintenance i would say and you multiply the number of high calorie days by the calories amounted in these days um, and which gives you the total calories consumed on the high days so you're basically really trying to figure out like what's being consumed on a weekly basis essentially rather than on a daily basis and then you subtract the total calories consumed on your high days from your weekly calorie intake. And obviously, this is going to leave you what your calories should be on your low calorie days. Quite basic. Now you divide your low calorie days by the number of low calorie days that you have to get the daily low calorie average or the intake. And then obviously, 
what a lot of people don't do is you need to determine you know your macronutrients uh, based on that and you know really identify that it probably should be an increase in carbs protein may come down a little fats may come down a little you know etc so i suppose a, a diet example would include maybe let's just say we've got five periods of, of three weeks spent in a deficit two in a diet break etc 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 so you might be in a deficit let's say of 2000 calories and then you do a maintenance break back up to maintenance and then you drop it down to, to you know to an even more of a deficit let's say 19 or 1800 calories and then another maintenance phase and then you drop it again for another two to three weeks of 17 or 1600 calories and then maintenance and and you keep going and you keep going that little bit lower that little bit lower that little bit lower but that maintenance is allowing you to kind of stay relatively full get your body back on track prevents you going into a, a negative downhill spiral of your your calories being reduced and reduced and reduced and reduced this takes a lot of skill. Now, personally, if you're going to use these diet breaks, I wouldn't do, let's say, more than four-week diets without a two-week break. I would make sure that you don't spend less than, let's say, a third of the total prep time in a maintenance. Um, and and this, will, this will vary. I've got some clients who there are exceptions to these rules and you know they'll generally be in a little bit of a deficit consistently depending on their relationship with food or their metabolic stress or their metabolic levels and how well they're able to process some of these nutrients. Um, but one of the problems, let's say, with a cheat meal is that for many people it can trigger what's called um, you know a disinhibition reflex. Uh, and they then become a binges and it turns into a cheat day or cheat weeks and they feel guilty and it just spirals out of control. So I think essentially, like if you're to look at foods as cheating, it takes out the joy of the actual food and it actually builds a poor relationship with food where, where guilt seems to kind of really um, enter the picture and can create probably more problems than, you know, any of the the, the issues that were that were there in the first place so i'm like i'm not gonna lie like i've seen more people enter like this like <laughs> this fuck it mode because they restrict themselves you know and then they feel guilty and then like one slice of pizza turns into a massive derail and then they've got a whole pizza breadsticks ice cream donuts you know they wash it down with some beers etc you know now that's not to say that you can't have some of this stuff and and identify that you've got a good relationship with food but it comes down to how you i think strategically integrate the foods that you're going to have and identify that cheat meals are are, are not just you know throwing calories for the sake of throwing in calories i suppose you know in summary refeeding or calorie cycling and diet breaks don't have a huge amount of data right now but i suppose diet breaks do seem to have some reasonably good data that support the implementation although it's in its infancy um i suppose i think that the most important thing to take away from any of these methods should be you know to only implement you know if if you maintain or, or you can improve adherence at the end of the day the most important thing is adherence now a diet break that's strategically put in your plan is still adhering um, a cheat meal that's ambiguous but I feel like diet breaks and refeeds can, can be really useful a lot of you are listening well how do I know what maintenance is right what formula do you use 
being completely truthful, you eat X amount of food and do X amount of activity and you see if your weight goes up or down. If it stays the same, you're in maintenance. You know, and I encourage anyone to look into these methods and try a few of these, maybe a cheat meal, maybe a refeed, maybe a diet break, um, how many weeks you would go in a deficit, how many weeks you would then go back into like maintenance or even a slight surplus. Now that completely depends on, um, you know, who's, who's, I suppose, taking charge and the psychological strength that you may have around eating or, or, or the science or, or, or the biochemistry behind, you know, refeeds, cheat days, diet breaks, etc. Um, this is something that even right now, like perfect example, a lot of our clients in, in the bikini model program coming through, and I don't, I'm not necessarily singling out women, but I think my goal within that program is to educate and inspire so that there isn't a poor relationship with food. I feel like Guys go through it too. I'm not going to say they don't, but I feel generally speaking, women probably have a have a worse relationship with food than than men, um, and I feel like that's definitely something that I make a primary focus within this program. Um, and a lot of the articles we put put out in the closed Facebook support group is tailored around this psychological aspect of of dieting. Um, and the psychological aspect of having a poor relationship with food and binging and cheat meal and refeed. Now, a lot of the guys going through their shoots this week, and obviously Darren's competing on the weekend, and, and we've got Alan Devan and, and Chris O'Sullivan competing as well, that they could go off the, off the rails like in two weeks' time. We don't know. Uh, I'm quite certain they won't, but that, that will have negative implications if your insulin sensitivity and fat cells has increased. And therefore... Let's say you go for things like pizzas and burgers and chips, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're left in a situation where a lot of these trans fats are going to be, um, you know, wreaking havoc on you. Obviously, your body's inability to break down trans fats. You know, um, it kind of leaves your body with with no other alternative other than to store immediately as adipose tissue. Then, if you're storing it immediately as adipose tissue and your fat cells or adipose tissues become more insulin sensitive, then what's going to happen? These are going to blow up in size. They're going to blow up in size and you know, you're know you ending up in a worse scenario or a worse situation with far more body fat than you actually had to begin with. Unfortunately, that's the case. So um, you know, I think what you probably should take into consideration is there's loads of tips and tricks around these and you probably should take into consideration that communication with your coach is the most important thing. And if you do go off the rails unexpectedly, identify it and, and, and be honest about it and, and have an honest conversation about maybe why that might be the case. There's so many clients I've had out there who will binge on their diet and not tell me and then I drop their food and they binge in their diet even more and not tell me and it becomes a and then I'm like well, well they're not losing weight they're clearly not in a deficit the most important thing is well adherence of course but if you can't adhere then to be to communicate and be transparent um, and then your coach or you know be it me be it one of the guys within the you know the coaching system or the coaching team that we have 
or your coach, if you're you're coaching with somebody else, can identify that, okay, this is what's actually going on. Maybe we need to increase food a little. There's loads of other things you can do. You can increase cardio, increase food at the same time, and you're gonna be in a better place. You're gonna be a lot more efficient and you're gonna be a lot happier. Um, but yeah, I think that's something that we're really emphasizing in, in a lot of our programs right now, and especially the bikini model program. Like for those of you who, who, who are aware, of course, this program is an elite, program and is run by myself primarily um putting out a lot of content and um, within the closed facebook support group um, you've got your tailored nutrition tailored training you've got contact with me on a daily basis um, of course this let on on our unique app now of course this level of service is normally pretty expensive it's only 250 pounds a month um, currently it is only 65 pounds per month and it will stay if you sign up now and avail of that 65 pounds it will stay at 65 pounds recurring and will never go up to the 250 that's just the way it goes so if this is something you're even slightly considering click the link in the bio and have a look you know click the link in the description below if you're watching on itunes um, you can click below click the link if you're watching on spotify you can stay listening and click the link um, and have a look equally you can go onto my instagram click the link in my bio and check out the bikini model program and it is only 65 pounds which is an absolute steal for what you get um so i hope that's useful obviously guys out there as well dudes you're going to be in a very similar situation, I have no doubt, when you've done a shoot, you've done a show, um, and you really want to, you can utilize this to a degree, but you don't want to be increasing fat cells drastically, especially in terms of size, because it can be difficult to burn them off. It can be difficult to get those fat cells down, you know, if you've become a lot more insulin sensitive. Guys, as always, it's been quick, it's been sharp, it's been a deep dive. I hope this has added value. So, uh, you know, the science behind refeeds, the biochemistry behind diet breaks, a lot of this stuff is really going into a little bit more depth than you would have been used to. Um, this is obviously episode 10 of the deep dive. I have decided that I'm doing another 10. This was meant to be a series of 10. I've decided to do an extra 10 because so many of you out there are loving this content and really enjoying me going that little bit more sophisticated in terms of the research and a little bit more sophisticated in terms of maybe the science behind what we're doing. So guys, as always, drop me a message. If, you if you're listening to this, uh, screenshot, put it on your story, tag me at Spearman Chris. Um, of course, if you want to jump on a call, a free call with me, all you have to do is go onto iTunes right this second and leave a review. Guys, as always, I'm going to leave you with the same quote that I leave you at the end of every podcast. Make the most of today. You will not get this day again. Peace. Guys, I'm interrupting this podcast for one reason only. I want to say a massive, massive thank you to every single one of you listening. Whether you've left a review on iTunes, whether you've shared this in your story, whether you've referred this to a friend, I just want to say a massive thank you. As a thank you from me, I want to give every single one of you something for free, something that you can take away and something that you can use. So what I want you to do right now, while you're listening, whether you're on Spotify, whether you're on Stitcher or whether you're on iTunes, continue listening this second, head straight over to my Instagram page. Now, I want you to click the link in my bio and hit free arm guide. I want you guys to download that, 
take it away, utilize it, give it a go. Let me know your feedback. Let me know how you're getting on as a massive thank you from me to you. So click the link in my bio, uh, put your email address in, it will get sent directly to you in seconds, completely automatically, completely for free as a massive thank you for you guys. Um, even listening to this, you know, I never thought that there would be this many people listening. Just recently, we've hit 100,000 downloads, which is mental, um, and I want to give something back. So as a thank you from me to you, uh, click the link in my bio, download the free arm guide, and get started. Um, you've got three workouts within that arm guide. You've got a hypertrophy arm day, you've got a strength arm day, and you have got an arm blaster. Now, if you're going to do the arm blaster, take about 60 to 90 minutes out of your day because it is going to be amazing. Um, it's a little bit longer than usual, but some really, really good execution tips in that ebook. I hope you make the most of it. Guys, thank you again. <laughs>